right, welcome back to Claire and Lowry, episode number 135. Uh, we're talking all kinds of things. We're breaking for the first time into college football. Uh, me and Sam have to discuss the, you know, highly entertaining Orioles-Mariners series over the weekend. Uh, recording this on Monday, August the 14th, um, released to you August the 15th. Sam, you know, one day left. This is the last episode yeah. before you're in Boo. The last episode before we have to bring Bobby back. Yeah. What are the emotions like there? Um, I mean, it's exciting. Um, I mean, you know, this is going to be the last time in a long time, you know, that me and Dean are in person. Um, so, big things coming. Big, big things coming, though. Um, but... You know, my opening question today, we don't have any mix bag for you because we're doing two sports. My opening question is long. Um, I think Sam and I both can answer it kind of off the top of our head, but it is, it's got some nuance to it. Um, we break into hip-hop on this podcast sometimes, mm-hmm. but today we're going to do that a little bit as well. Um, so we're talking the three areas, Southern hip-hop, New York, and West Coast. For each of those areas, Sam, well, who would you define, or what group, what artist would you define as the quintessential um, rap group or artist that represents uh, that area? Um, for the South is the easiest. Right. It's, it's got to be outcast. Mm-hmm. Um, New York, I think you could go multiple ways. I think that the quintessential has to be Biggie Smalls. I'm not saying he's the best. Um, and then West Coast, I gotta go Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg. Yeah, I mean that's a it's a very solid list. I agree with you. The Outcast is the easiest and the most obvious answer. I'm going with the Wu Tang Clan um, in New York. Obviously, I don't think they're the best. I think Nas is takes the cake right. in New York. But I think Wu Tang Clan they mastered the rough sound yeah. and came in and like kind of the transition from like a Tribe Called Quest and the Native Tongues yeah. into like more of the boom bap. Biggie Smalls era, and they came right in the middle of that and kind of broke through with this major album. Didn't really do that much after that, but that's like New York when I think of that. Yeah. And then West Coast, I'm going to go with NWA. Started all. Mm-hmm. Dr. Dre, I have to agree with Sam, he's the mastermind behind West Coast rap. I think he still has the influences with Kendrick Lamar to this day. So, you know, he's the mastermind. Got to give it to Dre on the West Coast, but NWA is who I'm picking as the artist, the so to speak. Reason- the reason I don't pick NWA is because when I think West Coast, I think of the G Funk with the yeah. synthesizer, right? And you don't get that with NWA. True. Um, that's that's more of a later nineteen ninety four. Yeah. Um, Dr. Dre introduces that with the Chronic and then Doggy Style. Right. So. Yeah, I mean it's it's a complicated question, but uh, I hope we answered it a little bit there. Um, and now we have something very entertaining. Um, Sam Carter, who, uh, you know, we've spoken to this, about anybody you talk to, they'll say, oh, why does the AP poll even come out this early? You know, what's the point? Well, this is the media. We are the media. And we will do what we do best, which is make big deals out of little things. And so we're going to have Mr. Sam Carter here. I'm going to have him blind react to the AP poll. This is like... Top 25? Yeah, all the way down. This is like deal or no deal. Like, I'm going to read them. I'm just going to ask you to be silent, take it in, and then I'm going to ask you some questions. I'm your physician. Call me Dr. AP Poll. Starting at the top with 61st place votes, uh, the University of Georgia. Coming in second, Michigan. Third, Ohio State. Fourth, Alabama. Fifth, LSU. Sixth, Southern Cal. Seventh, Penn State. Eighth, Florida State. Ninth, Clemson. Ten, Washington. Eleven, 
Tejas, 12, Tennessee, 13, Notre Dame, 14, Utah, 15, Oregon, 16, K-State, 17, Texas Christian, 18, Oregon State, 19, Wisconsin, 20, Oklahoma, 21, North Carolina, 22, Old Miss, 23, Texas A&M, 24, Tulane, and last but not least, 25th, Iowa. So let's look at the poll. You know, what you just heard, what is the biggest eyesore in this poll? What is the worst placement that you just heard? Um, one thing that stands out is, I, I could be wrong, but I think I only heard one group of five school being Tulane. Yes. That's a shock. Um, I think Boise State is supposed to be really good. Um, I think that, you know, the group of five schools kind of get the shaft. But to answer your question, you know, I don't, maybe I'm not the expert on this, but Michigan, after what they did in the playoff, I mean. It's got to be troubling. you got to have some concerns. Number two. Number two. And they received first place votes. Above Ohio Ohio State. State. Um, I mean, again, I am a hater of the preseason poll. Uh, I don't even think it should exist. But, I mean, it is fun to talk about. Another standout is that uh, LSU number five, Florida State eight. And that's a week one matchup. Yeah, that's big time. That's for sure. Yeah, big time. Yeah. Um, that game will be coming, uh, you know, in just a couple weeks, uh, 13 days from when we're recording this, 12 days from when you're hearing this on uh, the 27th. That's Sunday night. So Sunday night football will be college football. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a huge game. We'll be talking about that next week um, in that kind of week zero spot, whatever you want to call it. Um, but to me, what stands out, um, I, I'm surprised to see, um, you know, LSU this high. I know they had a great recruiting class, but they're a little bit unproven. You know, obviously this is all wish-wash in terms of the preseason poll. Uh, Florida State at eight. I think they're a better team than – they're given credit for here but I mean obviously they got to prove it you know they came on strong at the end of the season yeah. how do you prove it early on you know with that early test against Clemson which will probably be a top 10 matchup so that's exciting um, Washington I think is a, that's a good fit for them at 10 um, Texas obviously got the early matchup at Alabama this year that, yeah. that'll be a huge game um, Notre Dame with um, you know the way quarterback coming in you know how will things work there I think 13 is a reasonable spot for them um, TCU at 17, a little bit surprising. You know, they still have the foundation. I know they don't have all the players coming back, but the, the foundation makes me feel like 17 is a little bit of a snub. And I think, I mean, obviously, I'm still a supporter of Tario Athletics, even though I'm not going there. And I won't be covering as intensely as I was last year. Um, I think 21 is a reasonable spot for the Tar Heels. You know, they have the talent at quarterback, one of the best quarterbacks in the nation, in my opinion. I don't know what Sam has to say about that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think that, you know they're gonna they're gonna make some noise in the ACC. Whether it be you know making the championship, I don't think so. But I think they have a chance to earn a big win. Um, so that's uh, that's pretty much all we got. Uh, next week we'll be looking at the week one matchups, and uh, you know we're gonna be talking about something with Bobby Carter. We don't know what yet. Maybe it'll be about opening jars of pickles. Maybe it'll be about uh, you know playing chess. You know that has yet to be determined. Will it be about sports? I can't guarantee that. Uh, but looking at the MLB, uh, the Mariners uh, go 2-0 and against the Padres to extend their winning streak to 7. They get another win against the Orioles and then lose back-to-back games in the 10th inning. Got to give it to Sam Carter. You know, the better team came out on top. The Orioles are the best team in the American League. And, you know, 
I'm glad the Mariners got a win off of them. Um, you know, I don't mean to make excuses, but leading batter J.P. Crawford uh, is still on the uh, injured list from that concussion. So would he have made a difference? Maybe. I, I don't know. That, that game was 1-0. I mean, I can't say for sure, but um, it's tough to not see him there. Um, Cal Raleigh takes the lead in home runs on the team with 20. And Logan Gilbert still the leading pitcher. Now I turn the computer Sam's way so he can read yeah. the Orioles stats. Let's see here. Where should we start? I mean, what is there to say? My my, my man Santander. You know, Dean has been pronouncing it Santander. I have. Um, you know, Dean's supposed to be the uh, the diversity on the podcast. <laughs> um, that's just a joke. Yeah. But Santander leading in RBIs and home runs, and then the leading pitcher is Kramer, or Creamer, whichever one it may be. I mean, who knows? I'll have to ask Dean. I'll have to ask Dean for the pronunciation I'm pretty confident his last name is Kramer. Um, But, yeah, the Orioles winning uh, that series against the Mariners did suffer a couple losses on a little bit of a losing streak there against the Astros, but they pulled it together uh, by the weekend. And uh, let me just say the Orioles bullpen was fantastic in that game, too. Probably the best game in the Mariners-Orioles series. And I'd love to see this series, you know, in the postseason. I know the Mariners... Um, are still one and a half games back of the Blue Jays, but they have a very easy schedule to finish up August. Some tough games to finish. So technically still alive, even though there's six games back in the division race. But I feel like um, a realistic spot is a second or third wild card for these Mariners. So um, an ALDS matchup against the Orioles would be um, almost uh, perfect uh, for Sam and I to cover. But uh, we'll just have to wait until October to see how things shake out. Um, the same standings in the American League uh, with the Mariners really the only team in striking distance of the Blue Jays at one and a half games back, as I just mentioned. Um, we got the Braves, Dodgers, Brewers, and then the Phillies, Giants, and Marlins rounding out the wild card with the Cubs a half a game back, uh, as well as the Reds and the Diamondbacks two and a half games back. So, I mean, that, that completes the picture uh, for this episode of Cardinal Lowry. A little bit of a short one. Um, the last one of our high school careers yeah. uh, started you know, planning this in freshman year, just as our sophomore year began, we started this. So three years of coverage. Yeah. Now we move uh, to college. We're inside the game uh, for sure a little bit more in terms of, I mean, Ivy League football, probably yeah. you never thought about it before if you live in Charlotte, North Carolina, but you'll be hearing about it from me. Um, Sam, obviously the critical matchup against, you know, App State, North Carolina, that'll yeah. be a huge thing uh, to talk about there. So really excited for that game. And, um, Definitely be covering uh, a lot of App State football. Um, You know, not pushing Clemson to the wayside, but, you know. It's time to to graduate. Um, And, you know, I remain a Tar Heel supporter. That's what I call myself now. I'm not a Tar Heel fan anymore. Um, Certainly, you know, you got exciting. I mean, Dartmouth, they're they're traveling to Cameron Indoor Stadium. They're probably going to lose by about 45 points, considering Duke is going to be the runaway number one team in the nation uh, this year for college basketball uh, but next week um, Sam will be in Boone we'll be going you know this is now going to be more of a radio show we've had a great summer I feel like we've had some really nice episodes to round it off but that is going to do it uh, for this episode of Card Larry Sam any final thoughts we'll hear from us Thanks.